You are listening to Your Word on the Way. We trust the Word of God to encourage you, comfort you, and even challenge you as you grow in your walk with the Lord. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and podcast. Thanks again for joining us for Your Word on the Way. You guys know what the story is? If you guys want to turn to your Bibles in Mark chapter 5. It says, this is the uh, Passion Version. Now in the crowd that day was a woman who suffered with horrib- horribly with continual bleeding for 12 years. She had endured a great deal under the care of various doctors. Yet in spite of spending all her money she had on their treatments, she was getting worse instead of better. When she heard about Jesus' healing power, she pushed through the crowd and came up from behind him and touched his prayer shawl. For she kept saying to herself, if I could touch even his clothes, I know I will be healed. As soon as her hand touched him, her bleeding immediately stopped. She knew it, for she could feel her body instantly being healed of her disease. Jesus knew at once that someone had touched him, for he felt the power that also surged around him that had passed through him for someone to be healed. He turned and spoke to the crowd, saying, Who touched my clothes? His disciples answered, What do you mean, who touched you? Look at this huge crowd. They're all pressing against you. But Jesus' eyes swept across the crowd, looking for the one who had touched him for healing. When the woman who experienced this miracle realized what had happened to her, she came before him, trembling with fear, and threw herself down at his feet, saying, I was the one who touched you. And she told him her, her story of what just happened. Then Jesus said to her, Daughter, because you dared to believe, your faith has healed you. Go with, you. go with peace in your heart and be free from your suffering. You see, this woman's name is Veronica. No, it is not made up for this show. It is actually historically accurate. Her name is Veronica. You see, one thing we learned from Veronica is that Veronica had a great deal of faith. She had faith even before she met Jesus. We can tell she had faith before she met Jesus because she was willing to spend all her money for doctors. Now, if you're, spe- if you're willing to spend your money, you mean, let's be honest, you guys have to believe what you're buying, right? I mean, we don't go buy something that we don't like or we don't agree with. We buy something because we think it's good. She went to a doctor thinking, listen, this doctor can heal me. And she had so much faith in it that even when she was getting worse, she kept going. But the one thing we learn about this from Veronica is that her faith is misplaced. You see, it's good to have faith in something. It's good to believe. But you need to make sure that you're believing in the right thing. So my first point for tonight is, Where you put your faith in matters. You know, oftentimes, like Veronica, a lot of us will put faith in people. How many of us put our faith in our friends? Listen, I was a teenager once, too. There's four adults that were teenagers here once, too. We put our faith in our friends. Listen, my friends got my back. I could tell you something. When my mom pulled out the belt, my friends are gone. My friends did not have my back. They weren't around, they weren't there, 
And if they were, they would have caught one too. Old school Spanish people, right, Richie? You see, I had to learn at one point in my life, I couldn't trust the people around me. Yes, God puts lots of great people in my life. You know, we have Pastor Nicole, if you guys don't know, she's been in our life for a long time now. She's, she may be Vanessa's best friend, but me and Pastor Nicole do so much together. I actually spend more time with Pastor Nicole than Vanessa does sometimes. We have little construction projects going on. But, you know, the Lord puts people in your path to do work with you. And it's great. But I know that there's not everything in, in my life that I could trust Pastor Nicole with. My own individual walk with God is not trusted to Pastor Nicole. It's not trusted to Vanessa. You see, my own individual walk with God is entrusted to me. Just like each and every one of you guys, your, your walk with the Lord is yours and yours alone. You're not going to get to heaven. You're not going to proceed. You're not going to gain things just because your parents have a relationship with God. It needs to come to a point where each and every one of you needs to look at God and be like, God, I want to put my complete faith and trust in you. And it has to happen. If you guys want to be able to receive everything that God has for you, it requires that each of you has that relationship and faith with God. <coughs> you know, I had to come to the point where Veronica realized, I can't do this anymore. So you guys saw that in, the, in the one of the opening scenes of this, of this part, she's coming in with Thaddeus and Nathaniel. How many of us knew that Thaddeus and Nathaniel were, 12, were the 12 disciples? Okay, make sure we learn some of their names. They were, two, they were, two, they, they were disciples too. Those, in, the, in the previous scene that I didn't show, those two disciples were walking out getting water. And they came across her in her little encampment because, you know, she's an unclean person. She wasn't allowed to be in this city. She wasn't allowed to be around people. She had to be kept separate until her issue stopped or held back for a moment. Because at that time, you know, ritual unclean, you know, she was ritually unclean. You heard mention that? So that means that when she had her period, she couldn't be near anyone for seven days. And then after being away from everyone, she still had to go to the, to the, the Red Sea, Dead Sea, whichever one was it, and, and get herself clean. She had to take a bath, guys. But as, as they're talking to her, though, and she realizes that they're disciples of Jesus, there's a really clear part that comes out. She was seeking Jesus. When she stopped seeking the things in her own hands, doing it her own way, and started seeking Jesus, because right now in that scene, they're in Capernaum. Capernaum? 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 I'll get it right one day. There in Capernaum, she's, she left wherever she was to seek Jesus out. There needs to come a time where we're each turning and seeking out Jesus. Whether it's for a healing, a breakthrough, a transformational change, it is us seeking out Jesus. In Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. When she started seeking out Jesus, 
she saw the path she had to take. As we see her standing in the, in, in the, in, in the alleyway there, trying to figure out what to do next, as Nathaniel and Thaddeus are like, no, you can't do it right now. There's too many people. She had to make the decision, was she going to keep seeking Jesus? You know, as I come to my second point, because I know this is going to be a fast message, so I have, I, there's a purpose for this. It matters that you're actively seeking Jesus. How many of us can honestly say we are actively seeking Jesus? What is actively, actively seeking Jesus? Opening our Bibles. Spending time in prayer. Being uplifting. Living out the way that Christ told us to live. Spreading the gospel. You see, we can be people in church and we can just be church people. I don't want to be a church person. I don't want someone to think, oh, Mara just goes to church. He's a church person. No. I'm a Christian. I am a follower of Christ. Do I always get everything right? No. But because of the grace of Jesus, the grace of God in my life, even when I mess up, God has mercy on me. Jesus has mercy on me. I'll be honest, something happened at my job last week, and you have no idea how much it derailed my spirit. Truly. Like, I was, I was really, like my, Vanessa will tell you, I was, I was upset. I was hurt by something that happened. And I'm, I have so many thoughts about a consequence that could happen because of some person's actions. I delayed writing my message. You see, that, that should have never happened because I know that I'm in God's hands. I shouldn't have gotten slightly distracted at all because I know I should have kept my eyes focused on Jesus. You know, when Veronica's standing in the alleyway after Thaddeus and Nathaniel brought her in and she now sees Jesus, she had to make a decision. Am I going to keep waiting or am I just going to go? We go to Matthew 7, verse 7 and 8. It says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receive. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone knocks, the doors will be open. I don't want to be the person standing at the door not knocking. I don't want to see each and every one of you standing at the door and not knocking. That's what we're doing here at church now. We're all here in youth group on Wednesday. And listen, I love you guys. I do. But I see you guys standing there, not knocking. I see us when we go through worship, you're not knocking. I'm sorry, but I can stand in the back, and I know that the Lord put it on my heart when I watched those past couple of weeks when we're standing in worship, and this is our formation. We can't do that anymore. 
The time is now. Jesus is coming. It's almost over. Why are we not knocking? You have to make that choice to actively seek God. We can stand up here and we can preach till we're blue in the face. We can, we can spit fire. We can declare the word over you. We can pray for you. But it's not going to matter if you don't make a choice to seek God. You know, in Matthew eleven twelve, in the English Standard Version, it says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violence take it by force. Okay, hold up. The Bible says the violent take it by force? Wait, did Jesus come to cause violence? Because, right, that's what the zealots thought. That's what all these extremists thought. They thought that Jesus was going to come with an army and take it by force and wipe out the Romans. But wait, let's back it up a little bit. Let's take it out of the English transition. Let's go back to the Greek of it. The Greek word used here is uh, biazo. It means to force, to crowd on oneself, or to be seized. The The exact same word biazo is used in Luke 16, 16, though. And there the word's tra- uh, translated to mean pressing. You see, Veronica had to make the choice. Was she going to keep standing back or was she going to press in? This is where you guys have to look at yourselves and make that choice. See, Veronica was subject to all the laws and the customs at the time. She knew that she couldn't walk up there because she's unclean, and the second someone knows that you're unclean, they're going to be there, unclean, unclean, get away from us. Because, you know, people were snitches back then. But she made the decision that, you know what, it doesn't matter anymore. I want my breakthrough. I want my healing. I have to go get it. She made a decision to press in. Because you know what? When she pressed in through that crowd, every single person she touched was now unclean. But you know what? She made a decision that she didn't care anymore because she knew she had to get to Jesus to get what he had for her. Yeah, did she have to break the law? Yeah, absolutely. I am not telling you to break the law. Did she have to break a custom or tradition just to get to where she needed to be? Absolutely. Was she right in doing it? Absolutely. Because she had to make that decision that she wasn't going to be, she wasn't going to stand back and wait for something else to happen. (coughs) You have to realize that when Jesus came, Those were the ends of the days of the temple. We didn't have to go to the temple anymore to offer a sacrifice. We didn't have to go to the temple or to the sea to clean ourselves anymore. When Jesus came to die for us, those things were no longer going to be existing. When Jesus died for us, 
those laws got thrown out the window because those laws were old covenant. They don't matter anymore. We're under that new covenant, our relationship with Jesus. When Jesus made his, the ultimate sacrifice for us, is when we had to make the decision that we had to die to our flesh on a daily basis. That I had to stop having those earthly urges to, do, to keep sinning. That I had to make a decision that I'm going to live for Christ and put the world behind me. You see, Veronica made that decision that she's going to put the world behind her. That she was going to press into Jesus because she knew that when she got to Jesus, she was going to get her breakthrough. She knew that she had to disregard the social norms, the things that happen around her, just to get there. How many of us still deal with social norms? Oh, I can't praise God. My friend's standing next to me. Oh, I can't talk about Jesus at school because the, there's, the teacher's going to say something to me. I can't be caught praying in the streets. People are going to think I'm weird. Who cares? This is where we need to make a decision to press in. I'm not ashamed of my faith. I've watched Pastor Nicole go and pray for people on Walmart. We've been out in the streets praying for people in the streets. Listen, it needs to come a time where we're not going to be ashamed of what Jesus did for us. And we're going to go around declaring it wherever we go. You see, Veronica made the decision that she wasn't going to let anything stop her from getting to Jesus. That's point number three. Don't let anything stop you from getting to Jesus. You see, when Veronica stood up there and she made that decision in her mind, what was the first thing she was met with? Unclean! Unclean! You know who that man represents? That's Satan. Because every time you're going to reach out to God and find after God, you're going to hear someone. You're going to hear something. You're going to have something come up to you. They're unclean. Stay away. Unclean. You're not worthy. You're not good enough. You don't deserve to be here. That's Satan trying to stop you. That's the demons assigned to you trying to stop you. Satan is the father of all lies. He come, he's here to condemn you. He's here to beat you down. But you know what? The second you come to Jesus, what do you have? You have the power to put him under your feet and stomp him in the head every chance you get. There's nothing he can do once you accept Jesus in your heart. In Romans 8.1, in the Passion Version, it says, So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the Anointed One. You heard that? The case is closed? There's nothing Satan can hold against you. Thing is in Psalms or Proverbs, it talks about how God throws your sin from the east, as far as the east is from the west. If you guys don't realize that, the east and west will never meet. It's infinite. If God forgot about it, 
Satan can't use it against you. It's gone. It's forgotten. God didn't even write it down anymore. He threw that page out of the book. It's gone. What was the next thing that Veronica met up with? She got caught up in the crowd. But you know what? She didn't let the crowd stop her. You know what the crowd represents? Your family, your friends, one day a spouse, one day your kids, one day anything that can get in the way between you and Jesus. Listen, if you didn't notice, in the crowd was even the 12 disciples. There were even, there was a, there was a, a rabbi in there, Rabbi Yusuf. There was Jairus in there. There's church people that can get in your way too. But I'm going to tell you now, when Veronica made that choice that she's going to keep her eye on Jesus and press forward to put God first in her decisions, she made the right decision. You see, when we, when we stop looking at the things that surround us and put our eyes on Jesus and seek the kingdom of God first, Matthew 6, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Are you going to go wrong by seeking God first? Yes? No? You see, when you put God first and you keep pressing in, you keep seeking God, there's a couple of things that are going to happen. You're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know what it's like to be a Christian and not filled with the Holy Spirit? That's like going to war with a pea, uh, pea shooter. When God gives you a nuke, that all you got to do is press a button. It needs to come to a point where you guys put the pea shooter down and pick up the nuke. God gave you a, an authority. He gave you a gift that's meant to empower you. Jayla, can you get that? That same song, that last song you sang. I won't get play that again. You see, when Veronica finally made the, the made it up to Jesus and touched the hem of the garment, her life was transformed. You're going to have people in your life tell you that, well, listen, we can go through this 12-step program that's going to be able to hear to help you, and we'll give you these coins, and they're going to mark mile, you know, be mile markers for when you achieve something. Or listen, you can read this book. It's a self-help book. You're going to be able to read this book, and you'll be able to make a million dollars by the end of next week. Or it can take one touch. One touch. But you need to realize that that one touch, you see, was, was Jesus going to her? No. You need, you, need to, you need to understand that you need to go to Jesus. You know, I said, I brought this message because I stand in the back and I see the tradition. I see the motion. Oh, don't play it yet. 
And I want to get away from that. You see, there's things that we're praying for and we're believing for. I mean, listen, I know that the Lord can hand me a check for $20,000 tomorrow. But what we want is that you guys know that the Lord can hand you a $20,000 check tomorrow. And that's not going to happen just because I go to church. That's going to happen because you're going to press in to the Word of God. You're going to press in to touch Jesus' hem. You know how important it is just to fall at the feet of Jesus? See, when Veronica got up there and she touched the hem of his garment, what'd she do? She fell at her feet. You know what it means to fall at your feet? That's an act of surrender. She surrendered herself to Jesus. I know you're the son of God. You see, the difference between us and Veronica is we know for sure who Jesus is. At that point, Jesus did not come out and say, I am the son of God. He didn't come out to, he came out to his disciples. But he hadn't really come out to the public yet. We already know You see, God doesn't need you to be a different person for you to change. What God needs is that you want to have a relationship with him, that you want to reach out and touch him, that you want to fall at your feet and worship him. That's what God needs from you. Jayla, you can come back up. We're going to hit play soon. So how about we stand to our feet? So listen, we have, well, according to that, we're over two hours. We still have about 10, 15, 20 minutes. And listen, I know your parents are going to come through that door looking for you. I know that there's going to be your friends around you saying, hey, let's goof off before we go. Let's talk, let's hang out. But what I want you to do right now is because this is for you. I want you to press in. I want you to be violent. I want you to make a decision that I'm not going to leave until I get what I came for. Can I be honest with you? That's not going to happen with you guys at your seats. I want all of you to come out. And this is the time where you guys have to forget about what's going on and say, I want everything God has for me. And who wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Who wants to see God's goodness in their life today and not tomorrow? That can happen tonight. It can happen right now. You don't have to get to my age to realize that God has something for you. I'm tired of seeing a generation grow up in the church and then just disappear. It can't happen anymore. 
Before we go into this next part, is there anyone here tonight that has never made a first-time decision for Christ? That has never said, God, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. If, you know, close your eyes and bow your heads. If there's anyone here tonight that's never made that decision for Christ, please raise your hand. Because we can't do anything else unless that part's done first. Is there anyone here tonight that feels backslidden? That they walked away from God? That they separated themselves? That they did something so horrible that God's not going to love me? Listen, if you're one of those people, come up real quick and let's fix that real fast. I want you guys to realize that there's nothing that can separate you from God. Once you make that decision, you cannot throw away, listen, you could throw your faith away, but you can't lose it. To lose your relationship with God is that mean you made a conscious decision to say, I'm done. You could definitely have made some dumb decisions that got yourself in trouble or misled you. But if there's anyone here tonight that's not sure, come up and let's fix it real quick. Guys, put your hands up. For the five of you in the front, repeat after me. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come back into my heart. Father, give me wisdom. Give me understanding. So I can keep my path. I can keep my eyes. I can keep my life focused on you. Lead me away from temptation. Fill me with your spirit. 